Hi there, I'm Nicole Gilbert, and you've joined the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Are you new to sewing and want to start quilting but have no idea where to begin? Each Wednesday, join me as I share the ins and outs of that quilt life. If you don't have a sewing machine, have no idea how much fabric you need, or you're just trying to figure out where the heck to stick that bobbin, this is the podcast for you. Hey folks, Nicole here. Welcome to episode 50 of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Holy smokes, 50 episodes. I cannot believe I've been doing this already for a year and I've hit 50 episodes. That is bananas to me. Uh, I am so grateful for each and every one of you who tunes in every week. It means the world to me. I love hearing from you, emails, reviews, so please keep them coming. And the more you review or rate me on your preferred podcast provider, the more people get to hear me in the future. So I really, really do appreciate it. Okay, guys. On today's episode, we're chatting about that delightful monster that we love and we hate, YouTube. And it can be your best friend and it can be your worst enemy about learn when it comes to learning how to quilt. But first, I am hosting a free workshop, Five Key Steps to Learning How to Quilt and getting it right the first time. And I will be walking you through the quilting process, including the steps that many skip, and they're the ones that really make all the difference in the world. Save your seat by heading over to nicolegilbertquilts.com slash masterclass. I cannot wait to see you there. Okay, guys, let's get sewing. So, YouTube is probably the best thing to happen to DIYers. With a few keystrokes, you can find instructions to pretty much anything your heart desires. I've used it to learn how to unclog a toilet, lay plank flooring, retile my backsplash, and yes, I have even watched a YouTube video or two to learn a portion of the quilting process. And I think YouTube is fantastic. Uh, It gives you so much access to a lot of different teachers. And when you have access to a lot of different teachers, one thing you'll notice about quilting is that people have different techniques and what I refer to as frameworks, basic like A to Z guides of exactly how you would walk through the process. And so since each teacher has their own framework, you really get to see, you know, what works and what doesn't work for you. Because quilting is still an art. It's a fiber art and people do things differently and that's what's beautiful. And in doing things differently, you master different skills, you have different comfort levels And really seeing all the different ways that different teachers do it is phenomenal. Now, another thing is that you see so many techniques. I mean, if it's been done, somebody has recorded it and put it on YouTube. So I think what's wonderful is that sometimes we'll grab a pattern and it's not written for 
the level that you're currently at. And it's not necessarily that you don't, you're not, so like, let's say it's for an intermediate and you're definitely an intermediate. It's not that you don't, it's not written for your level, but it's making assumptions about one portion of the techniques. And if you're following my school of thought, which is always do something a little outside of your comfort zone, you're probably going to have to Google or YouTube something, which is great because I guarantee it lives on YouTube somewhere. And I love that so much. I think it's really, really important to have access where you can actually see something versus just reading about it. Uh, You know, there are three styles of learners out there. Uh, You can be the type of person who just needs to read something and they understand it. Some people need to do something and then they understand it. And some people need to see something and then they understand it. And so... YouTube is great. So, you know, you get your pattern. That's going to be for everybody who can read something and understand it. Some people will still need that guide, that roadmap of the pattern, but they're still going to need to have to see some of those steps before they're able to actually complete them. And that's where YouTube comes in, which is awesome. Um, And I, I think another fantastic, and this is actually probably the best thing about learning on YouTube is um, you can do it on your own timeline and your own schedule. And I think that that is fantastic. Uh, You're not waiting for your local quilt shop to schedule a new batch of classes. You're not having to do one technique at a time a week until, you know, three to six to eight weeks later, you actually have learned all the things that you need to do to complete that project. Uh, And that's great, especially in this crazy post-COVID world. And I say post-COVID optimistically, obviously, um, where we now have our children at home with us a lot of the time. Uh, We are working from at-home offices still, many of us, um, we just don't have the same schedule that we used to. And uh, being able to do it when you feel like makes all the difference in the world because that's when you're going to actually continue to do something. Uh, it It's too easy a hurdle to quit at, to say, oh, well, I don't have time for that right now. It's too easy. So with that, you always have time for it because, I mean, we've all sit scrolling on our phone while we watch, you know, whatever we're watching on TV. Uh, and so why can't you just watch a quick, you know, video or tutorial? It's wonderful. Now, and I knew you were, you knew this was going here, but YouTube is also what I consider the biggest enemy of the beginner culture. I truly believe that. I think it's wonderful once you have learned all the things that you need to learn to complete a quilt A to Z and you have done, you know, the basics. You have learned your favorite method of half square triangles, of flying geese, of quarter square triangles. At that point, that is when I think it's great for you guys to jump into YouTube. Prior to that, Not so much. Here's why. One, shiny object syndrome. Uh, If you're not familiar with shiny object syndrome, think of like a cat or a toddler. Uh, When there's something new and shiny in the room, 
the heads turn in that direction, and then you kind of become obsessed with that for a little bit. And the problem with shiny object syndrome is anybody who has remotely researched quilting or quilting tools or quilting techniques will know that there's multiple things and ways to do everything, which means if you are sitting down to watch a YouTube video where they're going to teach you how to baste a quilt and you have basting pins and you are totally ready to... uh, go ahead and start basing your quilt. You just want to make sure that you're doing it the right way. And you're watching this video and this person is using basting spray and binding clips. And you're going to be like, huh, I never thought about using basting spray. Maybe I don't need to use these pins. Maybe I should go check that out. And because you're new and you're still learning, you haven't really decided yet whether or not basting pins are the way that you would prefer to do it. And so now you have two different options. And now instead of basting your quilts and learning whether you actually like basting pins or not, you're going to put that phone down You're going to get in your car, you're going to go buy basting spray, and then this whole thing's going to happen again. Not cool. We need you to try. Trial and error is the best way to learn when you're quilting, mostly because what works for one person does not work for another. And that's super important to understand and to be okay with. What works for one person does not work for another. And I don't want you to keep getting distracted because there's another method out there. There's another tool out there. And plus, it can get expensive. A lot of these different methods come with different tools. You know, so different ways to do half square triangles are going to require different types of acrylic rulers to square them up. And... Uh, different basting methods use different methods for basting. So there's pins, there's spray, there's even these little tag guns that like, think of those tags that hang off your clothes when you buy them, those little plastic things that hang the tag from the clothes. There's like little guns that do that. I don't suggest those, by the way. That's personal opinion. But right there, what I just did, I just gave you another method and then stole it away from you because I was like, "Eh, I don't really suggest those. You don't want to run into that rabbit hole when you are a beginner. Uh, And all of that being said, kind of leads me into my next point, conflicting information. There's going to be a ton of conflicting information and none of it, well, I take that back because some people on YouTube have no idea what they're doing. Uh, I know this from experience with a plumber out there. I don't even want to go, but it is what it is. There's a lot of people on YouTube who really shouldn't be teaching other people how to do things. But that's not either. That's neither here nor there. Conflicting information, a lot of it is accurate. And what can be so hard is that if you are learning everything on YouTube and you're learning how to do things on YouTube and you start with one teacher and move on to the next teacher because that first teacher didn't have a tutorial of the step that you're now needing to learn and you find another one, that teacher's stage that she's at might have come from using a different first technique. 
And so now you're trying to do this second technique, but it's not lining up with the first method that you used because they have two different ways to do it. And so that can be super frustrating because then you're like, what am I doing wrong? And the answer is nothing. You're doing nothing wrong, but those two different steps don't drive because they're two different steps from two different sets of instructions. No bueno. Also, it can be super frustrating when you decide, like I have on multiple occasions, to watch 10 different videos all on the same technique, and those 10 different videos have eight different ways to do the same thing. And then you're like, well, which one should I try? And if you have an awesome beginner brain, that's fantastic because you're probably going to try them all. But most of us are going to pick whichever one we think is looks the easiest or looks like it makes sense with the tools that we currently have. And we're either going to wonder, okay, well, that worked. Should it? Should I try something else? Could it be better? Was that the easiest? Or that didn't work and now I need to figure out something else. I need to figure out, well, maybe it didn't work because that technique doesn't work. And that's a lot of times not the case. A lot of times it didn't work because sometimes you did something wrong and that's okay. That's, we're learning. When we're learning, we're always flubbing up and doing weird stuff. It happens. Um, And so conflicting information can be really, really frustrating. Um, Another thing that I'm not happy with YouTube about, and this actually has Excuse me, I've got a little bit of a frog in my throat today. Um, This actually has very little to do with YouTube and a lot to do with the individual as the researcher. You can't Google what you don't know. I want you guys to, to hear that again. You can't Google what you don't know. So let's say you're, you know, trying to learn how to do something. Uh, Let's say it's free motion quilting and you are watching these YouTube videos and uh, you are like, okay, I got my gloves. I got my echo foot. uh, I've got a small basted sandwich here so that I can practice on. I'm going to start with my my big loopy circles and my meanders so that I can really get a feel for this. I'm I'm taking it slow. You're like you're like, "Okay, I got it. I'm following all the rules." And yet, the video you chose to watch didn't talk about machine settings beyond your presser foot. And so, you're not realizing that there are things that you have to do on your machine. And so, and that's not a lot of YouTubers who do that. It's not because they're withholding information from you. Machines are different. Everyone's machine is different. And free motion quilting is not a super beginner skill. You're going to have to be an advanced beginner probably before you're going to start doing or messing with free motion quilting. And so, they're making assumptions on your knowledge base. Now, you're going to try to free motion quilt, and it's going to be all weird, and your fabric's going to get stuck, and you're not going to realize why this is happening. And you're like, I'm doing everything she said. Why is this happening? 
And then you're going to not know how to fix it because you don't even know that depending on your machine, well, pretty much all machines, you have to lower your feed dogs. But depending on your machine, you might have to set your stitch length to zero. You might have to pick a function on your computerized machine. Um, there's there's going to be something else that you're going to have to do to your machine to allow it to give up the control of the fabric so that you can move it freely. And that might sound like common sense to some of you, but for some of you it's not because you haven't tried it. And you have no idea that that is something that needs to happen. And because you have no idea that that's something that needs to happen, you wouldn't even Google it. And so learning from YouTube is fantastic if you know what you're looking for already. If you're not sure what you're looking for already, I can almost guarantee you will end up missing portions of the process. Because you can't Google what you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Um, I also think, and this kind of harpens into that last one, uh, it can potentially be a waste of fabric and time. And the reason why I say that is time because you inevitably will go down rabbit holes. Inevitably. You will either find an instructor that you love and then watch every video they've ever made, including the ones about fabric design and pattern design and that time they went to Quilt Market and met Tula Pink and all of these other things. Um, I speak from personal experience. Um, time. And if anybody is nearly as busy as I am, which I can almost guarantee you all are because you all have full, robust lives, and I love that about each and every one of you. Um, time is not something you want to waste, especially when it comes to a hobby. I know I've said this a lot recently talking about kind of like the hobby of it all. I want you guys to find joy in your hobby, but you also have to remember a hobby is a perk. It is a luxury that is so amazing that we get to have, but it also makes it the easiest thing to cut. And if you're slow on time, you'll cut your hobby. And so you don't want to waste time actually quilting or watching YouTube's video where you could actually be quilting because that's where the rubber actually meets the road and that's where you're going to actually learn. Uh, in my uh in the Modern Cultures Academy, my students uh, who who go through it, I don't do like worksheet learning. Yes, there's videos that you guys wa- that they watch, uh, but the whole process is taking them through making a quilt. So at the end of this of their their time with me, they actually have made something. They haven't just watched me make something they've made something. And I think that makes kind of all the difference in the world. And that's another problem with YouTube videos. At the end of watching a YouTube video, you haven't made anything. You've watched somebody else make something. Keep that in mind. Um, a lot of, okay. And this, I think I kind of touched on this one as well. Um, different instructors aren't going to be able to account for where you're at in the process. And again, this has nothing to do with how good a teacher they are or not. But when you're uploading something to YouTube to live on in eternity for masses to watch, 
what ends up happening is you do have to talk to quote unquote everybody, which sometimes means that you're not really talking directly to anybody, which is can be really, really frustrating. Um, and they don't account for where you are in the process. And so just like those quilt patterns sometimes that you buy and they make, they literally, a lot of them will even have a little asterisk on it and says, this assumes you know to use da 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 this assumes you know this technique for making half square triangles. Da, 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 da. Because they're not going to explain that stuff to you, but they're just letting you know, hey, you should know this already. And with YouTube videos, it's much the same way, except that there's not that disclaimer. With YouTube videos, it's a lot of times like, okay, this is what we're doing. Let's sit down and go. And they're making a lot of assumptions about you, about your confidence with your sewing machine, about the tools that you currently have. And we have to keep that in mind because um, that is something that can be really frustrating. Um, I We spoke about this a little bit on uh, episode 49 where I had my student spotlight with Stephanie. And she, she shared, she was like, you know, it got frustrating because she was on YouTube. She's watching these videos and she's like, they weren't talking to me like they were teaching me. They were talking to me like they were sharing with me. And that's two very different things. And a lot of these tutorials, they're sharing the process with you. And they're making, you know, one or two many assumptions about where you are in the process. So, so they're not explaining every single step. And that can be super frustrating. And then... Uh, I know, I'm just going on and on, guys. You know me. So I would say the what I, as a quilt instructor, and so this is something I find very in very upsetting or frustrating. I don't know the right word to use there. Uh, in regards to YouTube videos from the perspective of a quilt instructor is that there are no answers to your questions. You watch these videos, some of those videos could have been uploaded years ago. Uh, some of those people who had that in YouTube channel no longer maintain that YouTube channel. I mean, there are some great people out there who have whole teams that sit and watch those comments on the videos and will respond to you. Uh, but they're more often than not, you're going to leave a comment. And if you're lucky, you'll get an answer within the next week. If you're not lucky, you will never get an answer at all. And you need feedback. That is why I tell you guys to search out a class at your local quilt shop or to join a guild or to even if it's just taking a class at Joann's, even though you know how I feel about that. But I want you somewhere where you ask a question and you get the answer, if not immediately, because we don't all live in your sewing room, uh, you know exactly when that answer is coming. I think that is incredibly important uh, because you're learning. And that's the whole – can you imagine if you were in, like, high school physics and you wrote down an answer and put it in a box and then your physics teacher – maybe picked it out of the box to answer. Can you imagine? 
I know I would have failed physics. And let's be real, I had an awesome teacher who did explain everything to me and did answer my question, and physics was tough. And I just want that in your brain. You want to get feedback. You can't live in a silo. I know, and especially, thank you, COVID, where everybody has been home and they've been like in their little bubbles and they have their quarantine. Um, Things have gotten a little bit more introverted. Um, I don't want you to do that because you will learn so much from your peers and you will learn so much from a great instructor if you just let them help you. Okay, guys. So that was a lot. That was very soapboxy. Feel free to be like, oh, man, she really took it upon herself to be like 50th episode. She's going to just talk how she wants to talk. But I want you guys to know there is a time and a place for YouTube. What becomes an issue is when you're trying to learn something top to bottom. You can end up more frustrated that way, uh, which is never where you want to be when you're starting a hobby. We're looking for joy, people. Joy. Okay? All right, guys. If you'd like to hop onto my workshop where I break down the quilting process, please head over to nicolegilbertquilts.com slash masterclass, and I cannot wait to see you there. You guys have just finished another episode of the Stop Scrolling, Start Sewing podcast. Thank you for hanging out with me, and make sure you never miss an episode by hitting subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Now stop scrolling and start sewing.